This is DJ Dr. Chris. And it's your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. Today I'll be talking about why you shouldn't watch TV while eating dinner. And I'm going to be discussing functional medicine. And after that, we'll pop up a bottle as soon as she's done driving and uh, see what comes out. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so Bree, we got you uh, driving. So first of all, be careful out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, it's a hands-free, everyone. I'm talking through my car, so I'm not looking at the screen or anything. All right, good. So, uh, yeah, do you want to go first or you want me to? Um, no, you let it go. Okay. Yeah, maybe you'll get to your location by the time I'm done because I go on and on sometimes. Although this should be probably a bit of a quick topic. Um, so I just took this this course called Physiologic Flexibility, a really cool course about homeostasis and all the sort of levers of your body you can you sort of pull and play with to become more robust. And, uh, and a lot of this was about, you know, how you can deal with your nervous system. <clears throat> so just a quick overview. I'm talking about the autonomic nervous system. That's sort of the background system that's running. That's what keeps your heart beating. It's what makes you breathe without thinking about it. It's all the sort of automated stuff, right? So we have uh, two divisions of it. We got our sympathetic and then our parasympathetic. So the sympathetic is like the alarm's on, right? So that's the fight or flight. And the parasympathetic is the uh, turning the alarm off or, you know, sort of relax and digest portion of the nervous system um this is so, what i'm going through right now i hate bridges and i am having my sympathetic turn on and then my para once i get to land i hate going over bridges. i'm driving to marathon key everybody yes so my anxiety is on a level 20 driving is a total sympathetic activity and i'll explain why in a minute in fact i've been wearing a glucose monitor for the past month and one thing I know, so we know stress will spike your blood glucose in a negative way, uh, basically because you're in, in, you know, in a sympathetic state. Your 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 body's going to sort of pull the glucose or really glycogen out of your muscle and put it in your bloodstream, so you can have some fuel to get into a fire to run. So it's a, there's a reason for it. Uh, but anyways, so I've been wearing this glucose monitor for the past month, and every time I drive, and it doesn't even matter if it's like I'm angry or anything, um, it will spike my my uh, blood glucose like crazy. So you're definitely right. <laughs> I'm so, probably on like level 20 right now with that because I, I literally cannot stand driving over bridges. But Yeah, and, and we're in season now in Florida, so it's a lot busier. Um, so it's not like you're um, – it's either on or off. So it's, it's, it's kind of a gradient. Right? So you can be like kind of in a sympathetic mode or like full-fledged panting, ready to fight. You know, there, so there's a gradient there, a spectrum. Uh, and so, you know, sort of the way society is set up these days, for, at least for Western society, is very much a sympathetic thing. I talked about this before, how we're really good at applying stress and not really good at applying sort of the recovery or the parasympathetic side of things. So, yeah, there's a lot of different activities. Um, and, you know, your body is always trying to maintain balance. So even like inhaling is more sympathetic, exhaling is more parasympathetic but you're kind of doing that all the time. So it kind of stays in balance, but there's little ways you can kind of hack this a little bit. So breathing through your nose in general tends to be more of a sympathetic activity and breathing through your mouth is more, par um, sorry, I said backwards. Breathing through your nose is parasympathetic. Breathing through your mouth is sympathetic. So just think of someone who's about to be in a fight. They're probably breathing heavily through their, their mouth or chest breathing, right? Chest breathing is also more sympathetic, 
whereas belly breathing is more parasympathetic. <clears throat> These are some of the redundancies we have built into our bodies. Anyways, one of the things I learned <clears throat> in this course is that gaze, your, your vision is also tied to uh, your nervous system. So if you have a very fixed or narrow gaze, as in looking at a screen or a TV, that's more sympathetic. You're concentrating on something. Whereas if you have more of a wider vision or like a peripheral vision, that's tied more to your parasympathetic state. So that's why like going to the beach and looking at the horizon can be really relaxing or maybe on a rooftop look, overlooking a cityscape can be really relaxing because you're using your periphery and it's tied more into that relaxed and digest system. So yeah, you probably already see where I'm going with this. So if you're sitting there having a meal, but it doesn't have to be dinner, any meal, and you're watching TV, your gaze is fixed and it's going to be tied more to a sympathetic activity. And it's not that it's like your digestive system is off, but it's sort of inhibited. Um, so that's the idea. Not to mention that, uh, you know, most of what's on TV is purely stimulating, especially if you're watching the news, right? Um, so it's sort of a double whammy there. I mean, I see people, you know, I used to do home health physical therapy. I'd go into people's homes and they'd just be screaming at the TV with the news on. <laughs> so there's no way that's relaxing. Definitely not good for digestion. Not right now. It probably gives people indigestion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so if you have a meal and you're sitting in front of TV and you're, you get a stomach ache or something like that afterwards, you feel bloated, it's probably because of that. So it's mm -hmm. some, sometimes these little simple things are like, I mean, these are the things we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be like eating amongst people around a fire. You know, that's how we evolved, not like staring at things. Um, so, yeah. Once again, the further we get from how we evolved, the worse things can get. I can see that. I can see that. That's like um, the whole situation with like, there's like, like a study which I won't get into. Maybe I'll do it another time how there's a link or they're trying to study like a link between um, autism and kids watching TV at a very young age and how you shouldn't give them tablets or allow them to watch television for a certain amount of time. Because mm -hmm. it could lead to some autistic traits. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was like dig more into it. But like with my daughter, sometimes the TV is the most saving grace. Um, but I try to limit it to only like 15 minutes a day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a ton of evidence, so lots of really good peer reviewed evidence that. Um, well, so we know that the brain and the gut talk to each other. We, we know that, right? That's why, like, if you're nervous, you feel it in your stomach, you get butterflies, right? These, these two yep. things go together. Um, so a lot of cognitive issues, a lot of these disorders like autism spectrum, ADHD, these are all heavily tied to gust, gut dysfunction. So it kind of just goes right into what I was just talking about. So they're staring at a TV. They're not able to truly digest. And by the way, you know, what I mean by that is not only is it like bad for the motility of the food, but decreased absorption of nutrients. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's huge. Right? I mean, if you're staring at a phone and you're having a nutritious meal, it's all just passing right through. Not, I mean, not all of it, but most of it's just going to pass through you. You're not getting the nutrients you need. You develop gut dysbiosis, and then maybe that's what's maybe that's the linkage. Maybe that's the mechanism between what you're talking about, you know, autism and screen time. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I was like, something's going on. So I have a look more into that. Um, but yeah, that sounds cool, Chris. There you go. I thought it was going to be a short one, but I went on and on, <laughs> unusual. <laughs> My wife has pointed out to me that I talk way too much, by the way. <laughs> I talk a little long, but sometimes being long-winded. I mean, my husband's long-winded. I just think it might be a military. Like, just tell me what I need to know so I can go. 
<laughs> long with Mike is uh, long winded and repetitive in a fun way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I am talking about functional, oh, but functional medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting more into the holistic aspect of a lot of things, guys. Um, especially with like our bodies and how we treat people like you know western medicine compared compared to eastern medicine if i was talking about hormones last week um so this week in your weekly dose of bs um what is functional medicine like what is it like what, like it. when someone says that to you like what does that mean um it's pretty much the system biologically based approach that focuses on identifying and addressing the root cause of the disease so instead of just throwing a Band-Aid on something, why is this happening? What yes. can we do to fix this in a more natural way or a healthier way than just giving you a pill? Right. So that is pretty much what the definition of functional medicine is. So how does that tie into like the hormone? So as we age, your hormones change and they fluctuate. Women's change usually a lot faster than men's, but everybody's changes. Um, so, like last week, I was talking about the different types of testosterone, your estrogen, your estrogen, like homocysteine, cortisol, how vitamin D, your thyroid, all of that plays a part with your hormones and how you feel. Um, so, with functional medicine, you dive into that, and then you try to figure out how to fix that naturally, instead of just going to the doctor. The doctor's like, "Oh, you're just old." Oh, you're just overweight. Oh, you just need to change your diet. Sometimes it is that you need to change the diet. Sometimes it is that you're just old. But what can I do to make me feel better? Just don't tell me that. And I don't want to just take another pill. Now, there are different supplements out there that you can take. Like sometimes what we were talking about, like your adrenal gland. Sometimes when you are always in that fight or flight constant state, when you don't have the healthiest diet, or if you're not exercising and producing those natural, like, endorphins, that causes stress on your body. So then your body is working overtime to fuel itself and to heal itself because you're in a constant state of inflammation, which, like Dr. Chris said, your gut is like your second brain. And a lot of people didn't think about that as we were, like, back in the day, they are just like, oh, your brain's the most powerful thing. No, your stomach also is very powerful on how your body reacts to different things, causes inflammation or that's like your digestive issues. So you have to pay attention to that as well. So with the functional medicine approach, we look at your lab values. We try to give you different supplements to help kind of calm that down. There's a lot of different supplements for adrenals like ashwagandha helps with like focus and feeling foggy and feeling tired is you're able to just do a little bit more. So that's why I encourage everyone. I was just on the phone with my friend um, from back home in Greenville and how she was feeling certain symptoms like bloating and she just didn't feel right. And I was like, you need to dive a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Like most physicians were only going to cover the baseline. You need to go a little deeper and figure out what is causing these issues. Um there's a, there's a place that actually draws the lab and then actually um, looks at your lab and they'll do like your allergies, like what you may be sensitivity to, like respiratory, like goes over celiac disease, some ANA factors, like to see if you have any arthritis, all of that. They'll test for all of that 
And then if you have any allergies, you need to cut it out because that's what causes an inflammation in your body because you're putting something in your mouth you're not supposed to, which then can help your overall health. So functional medicine is something, like I said, I'm diving into. I'm learning more. There's a conference I'm going to go to to help me. Like that way I'm able to educate you and other people and myself and my patients in the future because I can tie it into the traditional medicine that I'm used to practicing and this type of medicine. I love it. Yeah, me too. Well, I, w- I want to talk a lot more about that. Uh, do you have any more? Because I want to open a bottle of wine and dive into that because I have a lot of interest in this topic. Oh, yeah, we can totally talk more about this. I think that'll be a good idea. However, I'm only three miles from my turn. So, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Dr. Chris, I think he has like a commercial he wants to play, but we'll um, <laughs> get right back with you. I usually play the commercials at the end, but that's all right. I'll just put a little pause in the video. Okay. Okay, Bree's back, and she's safe. She's no longer driving. Right, Bree? Yes. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Okay. So I have opened up a Nobilo Sauvignon Blanc. Switch it up. Oh, that sounds yummy. Yeah. I love a good Sauvignon Blanc from time to time. Me too. By the way, for my anniversary, I made my wife uh, lobster. Well, I did surf and turf. Did a tomahawk steak and a lobster. And I made a beer blanc sauce for the lobster. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Oh, so easy to make good. too. Look at you yeah. trying to be romantic. What's that? So look at you trying to be romantic. Yeah, I try. <laughs> well, so I've really like nailed the steak, and I'm pretty good at lobster too. Let me let me give you all the easiest chef tip on lobster if you're ever going to steam it. So steam it first of all. That's what you got to do. Don't buy it cooked. Buy it whole. They don't scream. That's a myth. Um, so you just put in a few in, uh, inches of water, boil it, and then uh, and you got to get whole main lobster too. This Florida lobster, it's not bad, but this is more of a whole main lobster tip. So you boil it until the tail and abdomen separate. Comes out perfect every time that way. Zip. I don't know if I can do that. Hi. They, you know, they, you put them in the fridge for a while. They're like pretty dormant. They, there's no, they don't scream. They're not like... <laughs> Rattling around there, like they just seem like nothing's facing them at all. If it's die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I just feel bad. Like I need my food already cooked so that way I don't know that they're dying. Cause literally when you have a lobster, the eyes are still moving, the, their stuff's still moving. And they have nerves. They feel that you're literally bawling it to death. Yeah, I wonder like what you know, anything with the exoskeleton, how much how much pain do they feel on that on their shell? I don't know. It's not but, just their shell. You bring, you fried their brain, or you boiled their brain. So I, you I think it. it's. I uh, see. I think it's important to be attached to your food. I don't know if you're going to eat meat, like you know, own it. That's why I think. I didn't say. I said I just like it already dead. I don't want to know it's dying. I just want to consume it after it's dead. Yeah. See, I, I don't think that's right. I think you should. No. 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 <laughs> hey, what about that for a new segment though? Maybe like little cooking tips. So I've gotten into cooking a lot lately. No, I mean, you can. I'm not trying to cook, but that could be your new segment. You can talk about cooking. Michael will probably pop his head and try to talk about his little chef bar D stuff. And I will just sit back because I'm not the biggest fan of cooking. 
Right, maybe I won't make it a specific segment, but on the weeks I uh, do something that I think is interesting, I'll do like a meal of the week type of thing. Because I do um, cook pretty simple. I eat a lot of meat. <laughs> I just eat a lot of steak. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, anyways, functional medicine. Let's get back to that because I love that topic. Um, so, I was telling you offline that I have just signed up for Chris Cresser's Adapt Functional Medicine Practitioner course. I'm loving it. I'm only about a month in. It's a year long course, it's a ton of content. Uh, but it's amazing. I think it's going to completely change how I practice and how I think and everything. So I'm I'm super excited about it. In fact, I'm excited for you. If you're excited, I'm excited. Well, I just think it's like, it's the same ethos as what a physical therapist has, you know, because we're we're all about getting to root cause on a physical level, right? Uh Uh-huh. As you know, it's like, is your knee pain really knee pain or is it really an ankle or hip problem? It's almost always like where the symptom is, you look next door, that's the, the root cause. And it's kind of the same idea, but just more internal with functional medicine, you know? Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I like so. like autoimmune disease is just on the rise like crazy, right? I think things like allergies and food intolerances maybe spark that. But what happens if you go to see a conventional medical practitioner? you'll probably get like prednisone. Say you have, I don't know, like Sjogren's syndrome. Like you're going to just be given prednisone most likely. Um, whereas this the whole idea is like, okay, well, why did that autoimmunity develop? You're probably ingesting something or you're missing an ingredient, you know, like vitamin D deficiency is huge with autoimmunity. You're missing something in your diet and there's ways to fix that. And you, you can fix like, just by tackling lifestyle alone, like something like 30 to 40% of problems can go away with just lifestyle. And then you throw in diet. And I mean, you could probably between diet, maybe some supplements when needed, probably about 80% of problems go away with that. And then the, the other 20%, if there's like irreversible damage, may need medicine. That's how I see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to say anything bad about conventional medicine. It's, it's amazing. It has a great place. It's just not where all the answers are. Exactly. I think you should look in like, like we talked about, mm-hmm. it's not just one place. It's a lot of different places. And um, you just can't just like be like, Oh, this is it. I would always dig deeper. I, used, I even tell my patients that like, if you, if I don't know the answer or if I think I know what it is, get a second opinion. If you're still not sure, it's not going to hurt to talk to someone else. And get opinions from different practitioners too. I think that's important as well. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just see one MD to the next one, you know, maybe, maybe see a functional medicine practitioner, maybe see a nurse practitioner or a PA, you know, I hate the term PA, by the way, I, I feel like there's such a disservice to that, that career, right? Physician's assist- assistant, it sounds like they run coffee, but they are very talented. They know their stuff. I almost right now, I'd almost rather see a PA than an MD because MDs are so buried in so much work and paperwork. Uh, you probably get more time with a PA. Not, it depends on the setting, obviously, but I was like, it depends on the setting. It depends yeah. on the setting. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, I'm trying to figure out how, like, I don't know. That's a whole other topic that I'm not going to touch on right now, but um, I forgot to tell y'all what I was drinking. Cause it feels like my ADD is kicking in. I'm drinking <laughs> a diet Coke and vodka because yet again, I'm on another diet. Um, and getting back to the whole, this is why you need to see other people. Like 
it may be one thing. It may be something different. You're going to have two different opinions and then you can figure out which way works best for you. Cause not every single plan of care is always the best for each individual patient. Right. And that is the main thing that I want to get across to people. And that's why functional medicine may help with some people, but not others. Yeah. Yeah. You, you really have to manage your own care right now as it stands. Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder like next decade or so, are we going to see like AI come in and help manage care? I think that could be interesting where, you, you know, maybe you put in a set of symptoms, puts in a huge, you know, goes through this huge algorithm and maybe lists all the, you know, the, the most likely people, you know, most likely um, where you can find your answers from like what type of practitioner. I think that'd be yes. interesting. Yes. I think that'd be a really cool place for AI to kind of jump into the picture. I don't know. I might get, I might get mur- uh, <laughs> murdered from some of my colleagues for saying that, but <laughs> and yeah, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't know if they should jump into the picture completely, but no, definitely I see where you're completely. going. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I actually, I think physios really have a really good spot with functional medicine. I think that's a really good pairing and ask me again in a year, you might hear my daughter. She's here and it's like, hi, Sophie. Um, but I, like I was saying, kind of the thought process by how like a physical therapist goes about solving problems is very similar to how functional medicine operates. Let me finish the podcast. Okay. Anyways. Um, hi Sophie. (laughs) She just ran away. (laughs) She wants to go swimming. She's Um, like, okay, hurry up pops. (laughs) Well, so let me, I do, I think there's a book waiting for me to write about like the sort of area between physical therapy and functional medicine. Cause you know, I've, you know, as this podcast has developed and I've gotten more into my career, I've gotten way more into nutrition, way more into, you know, very passionate about like autoimmunity, diabetes, these types of things. Um, and there's so much overlap. Um, and sometimes I find myself picking things up from patients that may have been missed. So for example, I saw one patient and she came in, she's young, you know, probably 29 ish and uh, had a stiffness in her back. And um, I was like, wow, this feels like, like I felt ankylosing spondylitis before. It's, it feels super stiff. It like, doesn't move. Um, and she got an x-ray and sure enough, that's what it was. But then uh, I also noticed like her, oh wait, I'm kind of telling the story wrong. Her eyes were like really puffy and she was getting cortisone injection in her eyes. And I, I re- realized that that's a common feature of ankylosing spondylitis. They tend to get this eye thing going on. Plus the stiff back, that was a cumulus. Okay, maybe this is ankylosis spondylitis. She got tested, and sure enough, that's what it was. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, which is an autoimmune disease, right? So I gave her some diet changes and some things, you know, I can't say it resolved 100%, but it got better. But at least it got better. Like something worked. Right. <coughs> and, you know, maybe, you know, so for those that are listening that don't know what ankylosing spondylitis is, that's where your vertebrae start to fuse together. That's no good. Your, your bones basically uh, fuse together and you become really stiff. Um, and as far as I know, currently, there's no procedure to reverse that. I don't think they just go and saw the vertebrae apart, but, you know, so it does become irreversible at a certain point, but, you know, you know, maybe, maybe I stopped it in its tracks. I don't know. I hope to. Well, you know, you don't always know, but at least you could, you tried something, it helped. That person's probably going to have better quality of life now that you recognize it. Not everybody gets that. Some people get told, oh, I don't know what to do. And oh, well, take some pills. Yeah, not to mention she was getting cortisone injections in her eyeballs, like quarterly. You know, how Isn't terrible that crazy? It sounds. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing until she, she told me about it. 
I had to do it one time when I, I had, um, I don't remember if I've told y'all this, but I had written a detachment. So I probably have, cause I tell y'all everything, um, in both eyes. And one time before surgery, I had to get a steroid shot. It's a lot of pressure. It's not the best feeling. They try to numb you up, but didn't always work. But yeah, that's, that's a horrible thing to go through. I feel like they have to put me on like Xanax or something. <laughs> be able to tolerate no, that. you don't need to be put on Xanax for that. <laughs> it just sounds horrible. Oh God. Yeah. Speaking of, I, I once uh, did a dissection on an eyeball and I was amazed at how like thick the uh, cornea is. Like it took like a lot of pressure from a scalpel to get through it. It was a sheep's eye. So I don't know if that's. Oh, that's so nasty. <laughs> I know. Like I can deal with a lot of stuff, but like there's certain things I don't deal well with. Vomit is the number one. I'm not the best person to my vomit. So I probably vomit along with you. And then gushy stuff. Like I can't stand that. Mm. Now, other stuff does not bother me at all. Yeah. I don't like anything mucosal. <laughs> That's the stuff I don't like, but I'm with you with vomit too. Uh, I will do everything in my power to not vomit. I, I think, I don't think I've vomited in maybe 15, 20 years. <laughs> Just in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So where are you? What are you doing? So I am in the Keys um, for a girls weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, this is like something that my friend Logan and her friend Jackie put together. It's just, they, I can't remember how long they started planning this trip, but like Logan knows how to plan trips. So the girls are on their way up. I had to work earlier today. Um, so I had to drive down from West Palm and then they flew in from Texas, not Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina into the key, key West. And then now they're driving up to me because we're actually in marathon. Do you ever feel like you have too many friends? <laughs> I feel like I've met like no. so many of your girlfriends and they're just, every, no. you're always going on a trip with another crew that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You must I, be going to like birthday parties like every weekend. That's a lie. Lately <laughs> I have been boring and just sitting in the house, but like now it's more like I gotta, I gotta get my life together. I do need to get back in the moment and, um, you know, figure stuff out yeah. with like work and like um as of right now I'm not really working <laughs> um some stuff went down at my previous job so I'm just taking a little break um so some juicy still, details yeah that will not everything will not be shared when I'm ready to share <laughs> it I'll share it but not right now I need probably like a couple more drinks for that right. but yeah I'm just taking a little break and um but uh, that's why I'm starting to take classes and stuff right now during this break just get another vodka diet coke and yeah <laughs> this is going to take more than just another couple <laughs> by the way uh i'm sorry i love to make fun of the uh brazilian accent because my wife's brazilian so the one of the, my favorite things they say for diet coke is diet coke <laughs> diet coke diet coke <laughs> that and uh internet that's my other favorite one internet oh yeah. my gosh they put like a like an E on a lot of things. And then a lot of times there's a ch instead of a t. So internet becomes internet she. Sorry, hang on. Yeah. Um, the girls just texted me and said that 
they are heading there. So I have to make sure I'm ready. I'm ready for when they get here because I'm going to need to drink more because they are like on level probably 10 and I'm on level one because I've been dry. I've been at work and I've been driving. So now I'm like, I need to take some shots to catch up and just not this Diet Coke and vodka. I'm very close to my four to seven rule. Like if you want to have a good time and like not go too crazy and still not ruin your next day, I have a four to seven rule. Right. So if you're out about and you're having some drinks, you know, zero is sober. Ten is, you know, stomach being pumped, basically. So uh, you, you want to kind of maintain a four to seven. Uh, once you get to eight, you got to start hydrating. Maybe get some food in you. If you get to like a two or three, you're going to get tired. So if you want the night to progress and go on and you want to operate the next day, honestly, four to five, I think is like the right spot. I feel like that's how I am. I need to be like a four to five. Like I want to be tipsy, but not drunk. Yeah. But then also don't want to be hungover the next day and not sleepy because I will hit a wall. Like we were in Nashville for a bachelorette and I was like, oh yeah, let's go out. We were going out. We were partying hard. I sat down at the bar and all of a sudden I felt it. It was like, I was like, all right, I'm too gone. Mm-hmm. I can't drink anything else. We need to take me home because I'm about to pass out. And literally as soon as we got home, knocked out. Like my body will go from go, 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 go. It crashes. And yeah, like you shut as down. I've gotten yep. older, I've realized my limits you know my husband doesn't realize his limits he's like go 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 until the next morning mm-hmm. and then like if he's sober he's like go i'm dead like he's like how i am drunk yeah i've definitely noticed that you, there's like you have your what do you call it you turn into a pumpkin at a certain hour I sure do. A certain, certain hour plus certain amount of drinks yeah you, you just disappear it doesn't matter and there's sometimes <laughs> it's like even when we're on vacation i'm the same way it's just i guess because my body's like you don't have your child. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> catch up. Take this catch opportunity up on all to the catch sleep up. that you missed. Oh God, it's so hard. The first year is so hard. Oh, we just got through it. I'm so happy that we made it through. She's sleeping slightly better, but I don't ever think I'm gonna have that sound sleep like I used to before kids. People used to tell me that all the time. I will say, my child Elizabeth, not my child Elizabeth, is really great with naps, though. Now, since we've been in school, like her naps are a little different. We're adjusting. We go, we're going from three naps to two naps a day. And now we're down to one. But when she takes that nap, let me tell you, she will sleep like two to three hours. And that is good for mommy. That's an awesome thing. My daughter does mm-hmm. not take naps at all. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth loves her. She's just like her parents. I mean, Michael will nap. I'm a napper. I'm just like, you know, just quick nap and I'm good to go. Are you a light sleeper? I used to be heavy. I used to sleep like a rock. Now that I'm a mom, I'm a light sleeper. Yeah, there's got to be something to that, right? I think it's, it's yeah. like a mom thing. Because there'll be times like, where Sophie maybe will like, I feel like she rolls in bed or something. My wife can wake up to that. You know? Yes, it's crazy. I, I it's just like it's like a switch. It's a switch. And it's just like, I used to like sleep through thunderstorms. Didn't even know a thunderstorm had happened. Now, like, the I'll hear like, the dog whimper and I'm like, whoop, uh, wide awake and then can't go back to sleep. I literally slept through an earthquake once in California. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> how many, how many bad. wives right now are listening to this and like, they think that like the husband is full of it. They know the baby's up. Right. But they're just pretending to be asleep. Right. I get that a lot. No, <laughs> see, that's the difference between those are good wives. I hit Michael and say the baby's up. It's your turn. <laughs> I'm awake, but I'm just like, I'm not getting out the bed. You can get out the bed. Yeah, your turn. Yeah, I get the elbow. 
some well, I used to get the elbow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that dad's gotta do his part. I get that. Nothing wrong with that. Yes, I didn't make this baby alone. <laughs> That's what I always told my well, <laughs> tango. My wife's kind of her opinion is like, well, I bore this child, so now it's your turn to do everything. <laughs> yes, I agree with her. I'm on the same page. I'm the last one you need to talk to when it comes to something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a complaint. It's just how it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I'm like sitting here looking at my phone about um, something that I probably will talk about next week about slow metabolism and how can you help jumpstart it or fix it so that it kind of goes along with the functional medicine and what Dr. Chris talked about today, digestive and how your stomach has a slow process of digesting something, or if it goes through quickly and you don't have time to absorb all the nutrients. I think all this kind of tying together, Chris, I think it's because we're both going on that functional medicine track. Yep. Hold on, Sam. Sophie, please let me finish. Yeah. Um, Actually, I was just reading this topic in this functional medicine course. It was super interesting. Uh, well, first of all, it's about SIBO. Do you know what SIBO is? I, didn't, I hadn't even heard of it until recently. Not, nope, I have not heard of that. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Apparently, it's hmm. really common. Like, so like taking the course of antibiotics could do this to you because it basically wipes out bacteria, like basically all of them, right? Um, yeah, that's the whole point of antibiotics. Yeah, and you want like a diverse microbiome in your, of bacteria in your gut. You have your healthy ones you and need bad good ones. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes you can get overrepresentation of some, and uh, it can be bad for you. Um, so if you hold on. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> something that like I was reading about GERD, like so reflux. Um, so apparently, you know, I've always learned that's too much acid, right? Too much acid being produced and taking an antacid or a PPI, right? Uh, proton pump inhibitor, things that produce the acid. Well, there's a lot of evidence now saying that there's um, it's really a low stomach acid problem. So, you now let me let me make sure I get this right. So, if you're you have too little stomach acid, it allows because one of the things it does stomach acid is it you know protects you from pathogens and bacteria from the foods you ingest, right? So then you develop an overgrowth of certain types of bacteria in your small intestine, right? And then bacteria produce gas, right? You know that's why Florida water smells bad, right? Because you got uh, the bacteria eats some minerals in the water and produces sulfide gas and smells like rat eggs. So, but the same thing happens in your gut. So if you have an overproduction of the wrong type of bacteria, because you've got too little stomach acid, then you get all this increased pressure in your gut area. And that causes the LES, the, the sphincter of the, the esophagus to open up inappropriately. And then any amount of acid in esophagus is going to be heartburn or reflux. So I thought that was really interesting. Because it's kind of opposite what I had learned. You know, that is kind of interesting. Maybe we should do a segment on that too. There's just so much that we like are like diving into this new type of realm. It's a lot different mm-hmm. from when we first started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should see if we can get some people online with us with the podcast and discuss stuff. I think that's a great idea. Um, like we could yeah. interview some people. So we may have a treat for y'all in the next upcoming weeks um, about some different things. I know I'm learning. Dr. Chris is learning. <clears throat> There'll be a lot of different things that we're going to talk about soon. Again, don't forget to hit us up on TikTok, Instagram, through email, um, on the, you know, whatever link you're listening to. Leave us a review to talk to us. We just need to hear from you guys. 
I know we're kind of MIA and I will blame myself for that for the most part, but mm-hmm. we are back at it. I would <laughs> love to get back involved with y'all. We have missed show. I know I have, this is kind of like an outlet for me. So please give us some information. Let us know what you want us to talk about so we can gather information because this just helps me stay up to date with stuff and learn different things. And I'm sure Dr. Chris feels the same. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, whatever I am inspired by, you know, either with my patients or what I'm learning, I tend to blog on it. Then I tend to podcast on it. It's kind of my way of actually learning it better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, lately I've been doing a lot more nutrition and, you know, sort of autoimmune type stuff. So a lot of my topics on this podcast can probably be more geared towards that. I'll still hit some orthopedic stuff. Um, and especially if you guys want me to. So, Email me directly, chris at dynamicnaples.com. I'll put it in the show notes. It's usually in there anyways. Um, if there's a specific, like, you know, any kind of topic, really, anything orthopedic, anything nutrition-based, or even this functional medicine track that I'm going down, you know, I'm a total nerd. I'll, I'll research everything. I'll go down rabbit holes, and I'll, I'll show you what I get. Yay. <laughs> I'm excited. Whatever. Anyway, well, Dr. Chris, these girls are about to be here. I'm about to check out from mommyhood. Well, not really, because I'm still talking to Michael about everything that she needs to have done this weekend because I can't. I'm a control freak. But kind of check out from mommyhood and just be Brie again and not Mama Brie. So I'm going to let you go so I can continue drinking it on their level. Okay, so Mike's on with Elizabeth right now? Yeah, Mike's at home with Elizabeth and his mom is coming to help because she's a great grandma um and then my sister's there as well <laughs> a great again i'm a control freak a great grandma not a great grandma <laughs> no she's just a wonderful amazing <laughs> grandma but she's her grandma she does have a great grandma still alive though mom pat she's the sweetest lady we're gonna go see her next week when i get back oh that's cool well i'm gonna text yeah. mike right now see if he wants to come over <laughs> you don't tempt him because then he will probably say no but I told him, I was like, you know what? This is my weekend. You can have a boys weekend when I get back. All right. I'll hold you to it. You just have to go somewhere. <laughs> I can't so come you gotta make sure you You got to make sure your wife is on board. <laughs> I love that every time I come to your house, I'll let you go in a second. You have to basically kick me out. Yes, because he doesn't know when to leave. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get talking and I'm having a good time. And you're like, Dr. Chris, leave. <laughs> I'm like, or you can stay, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Brie. Uh, well, you have a good time. Be safe. Stay. Try to stay with four or five out of ten. And uh, yeah, have a good time. Thank you. Bye, guys. See ya. Why guess when you can test? Do you get hangry or crash after a carb-heavy meal? These could be indicators that there is a dysfunction in your blood glucose regulation. If left unchecked, it can lead to irreversible changes. If you catch it quick enough, you can make diet and lifestyle changes that will get your levels where they need to be. 88% of Americans are pre-diabetic and don't know it. Diabetes underpins many of the pathologies we deal with in this country, such as obesity, high blood pressure, heart disease, and stroke. For some reason, it is rarely screened with your physician, and if they do test for blood glucose, it's usually with an A1C or a fasting glucose, which can sometimes give you a false negative. NutriSense is a company that supplies continuous glucose monitors. We've paired with NutriSense to get you real-time data to see how your physiology responds to glucose. 
The NutriSense app lets you track your daily activity to see how food, sleep, exercise, and stress impact your glucose. You can log or import this data into the NutriSense app to see the effect on your blood glucose levels as soon as it happens. Use the code DRCHRIS25 for $25 off your order today. Do you have unexplained pain or do you wonder just how healthy you are? When was the last time you had your blood tested? Blood chemistry analysis is a great tool to stay ahead of any health conditions and now you can have control of your health with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is an incredible company that sends blood tests to your home. You can choose from over 30 different tests, whether that's thyroid function, testosterone, micronutrient, cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. It is sent to you with free shipping and you get your results in two to five days. No physician referral needed. Use the code DPT25 for 25% off. You can find links in the show notes.